Welcome to the Power of Showing Up podcast brought to you by Ray's Foundation, the experts in youth mentoring. My name is Dan Davis and I'm the host of this podcast and a program counselor at Ray's. Today I'm speaking to Elena Katrakis. She is the CEO of Carers New South Wales and a fierce advocate of supporting young carers throughout Australia. In this episode, you will learn about the young carers in your local community and some of the strengths that these resilient people have. You will learn how to recognize and identify if you or someone close to you is taking on a caring role, and you will also learn about resources and practical supports that young carers can access. Thank you, Elena, so much for joining us on the Power of Showing Up podcast. Today, I'm really excited to talk about a topic that I don't think is spoken about enough, Um, And it's all to do with young carers, uh, what they do and their strengths and challenges. And something that I find really fascinating uh, in my work with carers is that there are a a lot of young carers out there that don't even identify or or recognize that they are, in fact, carers, um, which I think is, is something that can hopefully give them a bit of understanding around the role and the different hats that they're wearing once they actually recognize that it is a caring role that they're they're actually involved in. Um, So just to start off, how do we actually define a young carer? So a young carer, um, and when we talk about young carers, we're talking about children and young people who are under the age of 25, who might be providing informal care and support to a family member or a friend who might have a disability, might be living with a mental illness, might be experiencing drug and alcohol issues and dependencies, might have a chronic condition, might have a terminal illness, might be aging or might be frail. So there's a whole gamut of things that young carers could be involved in. Um, They can be, but they're not always, but they can be the main provider of support in a family. So we know that there are many, many young carers that provide the main Uh, care and support for a a loved one in a single parent household. Yeah, and I think it's important that you identify that they're under 25. That's something that kind of categorizes them as a young carer. Um, And you've kind of touched on um, a few of the points for the next question. But who are these young carers? So like, who, who typically are these people? Are they everyday people? Are they um, people who, like you said, are, are kind of thrust into that role? Um, like how, how do they actually become a young carer? How does that kind of happen normally? It's a very interesting question because uh, I think young carers are very diverse, both in terms of their age, their stage of life. You can have very young carers as young as eight. Uh, you have those older, you know, young carers, uh, you know, in their early 20s that might also already be in a relationship and could be caring for a partner. So their personal circumstances and backgrounds can be quite varied. Uh, Young carers, you know, it's about a 50-50 split about whether they're, you know, um, male young carers and female young carers. Um, There's no real distinction there. Um, And we know that um, probably about one in five young carers live outside a major city. So think about caring and being a young carer in a regional or a rural um, part of New South Wales or Australia. So that's um, that can be fairly significant for young carers. We also know that there is um, high levels of um, caring and young carers in particular in Aboriginal communities and Aboriginal families. Um, and then you overlay that with Aboriginal families in rural and regional and remote areas 
Um, and so you can think about the sort of challenges that young carers in those areas and those communities face. Uh, and we also know that there's also a significant proportion of young carers come from a culturally and linguistically diverse background. So where English isn't the first language, um, and so they would be grappling with the challenges of caring, but also coming from a different culture um, and not necessarily um, you know, engaging well with uh, the community because of their non-English speaking background. Yeah, and from what I'm, I'm getting from that response as well is that there isn't like a typical look or presentation. A, care, a young carer can really be anyone. Like there's no particular kind of presentation that can come up. It can be, like you said, someone who's caring for a partner um, who may be struggling with some mental health battles. Um, and, and then you're kind of thrust, like I said earlier on, thrust into that role of maybe trying to balance between being a partner as well as a carer. And um, that's obviously a very challenging position to be in when you are wearing those those two distinct hats. Um, that's and I think, you know, the, the thing that's interesting for people out there who potentially haven't thought about this is, you know, at what point does it become a caring role? I think that's kind of the thing that I personally want to know, but I think the audience out there would, would love to know, like, how, how can we identify when a young person is also a carer? At what point do they become a carer? It's a difficult question because I think it can be a different point um, at any time in that caring relationship. So... Carers could also be siblings and they might in that circumstance take a secondary role. And it might be really that impact of being a sibling carer where in a family where there might be a child with a disability and the parents um, are focusing so much on the child with a disability that the, the sibling who's also, you know, does some um, levels of care for the person, for their, their sibling, um, also has different challenges and impacts. In terms of when a carer and a young carer becomes a carer, it's where I suppose um, they're doing things to an extent and outside of what you would, you know, in a day-to-day -day kind of capacity normally do in a role. If you're a sister or if you're a, you know, a daughter or a, a son or, a, you know, um, in that way, it's, it's extending some of those different things that you would be doing. Um, outside of what the norm would be if you can if i can describe it that way it's difficult to say when a person becomes a young carer because the thing is that many carers um, as i think you said at the beginning many carers are hidden so young carers don't identify as young carers um, they don't recognize that they're a young carer and that means they don't seek support for themselves and why they don't recognise that they're a young carer is that they they just do what they do. They do what they do out of duty, out of the, the loving family relationship that they're in, um, you know, and so they don't, they don't necessarily see themselves as any different. That's their norm. Uh, so doing all those different activities, assisting people, being in a single parent household and supporting your mum or dad um, as, you, as the main um, carer is just something that they've done you know ever since that parent may have had whatever particular condition or illness they might be experiencing so it's hard to kind of pinpoint it and it will be quite different for every young person and i think we've seen and spoken to lots of young carers where they haven't realized they're a young carer um, and even the services that they might interact with haven't recognised them as a young carer. 
the idea that a lot of young carers for for them it might just come across as just a typical part of life you know a lot of the things that happen behind closed doors they're not things that they're potentially going to be sharing with their peers or other people in the family so to them it's just seen as just a typical part of life you know i go with mum to the hospital um i help her with certain medications let's say or i I may help with some of the food arrangements or whatever that may be. And because that's just so typical and normal in their household, I guess there never really is an opportunity to kind of go, you know, is this kind of the typical way that a daughter does interact with a mum or a mum with a son or whoever that relationship may be with, you know, with a partner. Um, And I think it's the fact that, again, it's just not really spoken about enough or there's not enough clear understanding around like, you know, when when there are things that are happening outside of someone's typical day-to-day um, that potentially is impacting on their day-to-day and they may not recognize that as another role that they're playing. But I think that's really important to recognize that when, you know, when it does get to the point that it's maybe impacting on their school life or they're maybe spending a lot of time at home and they're not really able to go out and see their peers or to go and do the typical kind of things that teenagers would do, um, maybe that's kind of a sign that there is more of a caring role Um, being taken on there but again it's hard if it's not spoken about enough or there's not a clear communication that happens at schools for example or it's just something that's kind of hidden um, behind closed doors so I think like we, we will talk about it at the end of the podcast as well but for those people that have listened to that segment there and maybe thought uh okay maybe I am in that caring role what would you suggest to those people where can they kind of go for a bit of support they can go to um to Carers New South Wales or to their Carers Association in each state and territory across um, Australia. There's Carers New South Wales, Carers Queensland, you know, Carers Victoria, et cetera. So there's state and territory Carers Associations and they have different um, programs and support, but also nationally, there's the National Carer Gateway, which is um, can be accessed via um, a website, which is, you know, carergateway.gov.au, or through um, a 1800 number, which is 1800 422 737. And from anywhere across Australia, if you ring that number, you can get connected through to your local carer gateway provider in your region where you're located. And each of the carer gateway providers has um, young carer workers that do work locally and closely with schools. And the carer gateway provides Um, you know, specific counselling for carers. It can assist in providing uh, respite and respite options to provide a break for carers. It can also provide um, coaching for carers and um, peer support. Um, And based on, you know, assessment, talking to uh, one of the um, intake and assessment workers at the Carer Gateway, getting across, you know, what things are important to you and what you're experiencing and then getting some tailored supports um, put in place to support the young carer or the carer within their um, caring situation. So for people out there who, who are listening to this and potentially identify with uh, anything that has been said so far, definitely make sure that you do reach out to those um, services or, or that number that you said before, because I think it is really important just to feel like you're heard and understood, because sometimes it can just go, you know, it can be swept under the rug. So if you are identifying with any, 
any of those things that have been said, I think it's really important to, to reach out for some support because it can be a very uh, isolating experience for a lot of people. Um, and if you are connected with other carers and um, you've got some supports that are specific for young carers, I think that's, that's crucial for you to kind of make sure that you have your own self-care and that you're not getting burnt out as well. Um, what, uh, what kind of things, like what evidence is there out there about the strengths of young carers? Look, we know that um, young carers are often uh, extremely resilient um, young people and kind of often we describe them as being, you know, mature beyond their years because of the added responsibility and things that they've, they've taken on. So we know that they, that young carers often, um, you know, increase and have, you know, really good skills in a whole range of things that their peers that are not not caring, but not in caring roles, um, you know, don't necessarily experience. So um, they are often um, pretty good at time management, good organisational skills, um, often have, you know, um, high levels of empathy um, and patience, um, often confidence in trying to deal with, you know, services and, and you know, managing care needs and that sort of thing. Um, and while they might not be so confident sometimes in themselves and, you know, getting that support from other carers and from services can help bring that out, they can be quite um, confident, but certainly very, very resilient. Through research that we've done, we found that young carers have felt that overcoming challenges and achieving goals when caring for a family member really resulted in their own personal development. So I think they, um, you know, apply themselves to things in different ways to um, their peers that are not in, in, that are not young carers. Often young carers do go off into caring professions as well. Um, not all of them, because some actually want to go in the exact opposite direction um, if they've been doing a lot of caring for a lot of years. Um, but sometimes it does set up young people into that um, sort of caring industry into paid care work. We have touched on a few places that young carers can reach out and uh, potentially look for that support themselves. Um, how can we provide that practical support to young carers? Like whether that's people in the community, whether that's a family member that's recognising maybe that their niece is is taking that role, or whether it's a peer, you know, another peer in school, they might be noticing that, like you said, they're not handing in their assignments or they're really exhausted or they're not able to concentrate. How can we actually provide practical support to these young carers? Yes, yeah, so I think there's a couple of ways. I think, you know, at the core of the practical support is recognising and valuing the contribution that young carers make to the people that they care for and to their communities. I think that's really key um, to any sort of response. I think proactively being able to share information and resources about young carers can help young carers identify and feel supported. So if we've got information, if we're recognising young carers and we've got access to that information, we're promoting where young carers can get support, that's, that's important. Participants in our um, research project a few years ago um, also emphasised the importance of positive and supportive interactions um, in the school environment, which we've talked about a little bit, um, especially when they're highly distressed or in crisis. So being able to provide timely advice to young carers about where they can access support can reduce that complexity. 
Um, so it is again about actively having that information on hand. So being able to recognise, acknowledge, know that young carers are a key part um, and population within our community and being able to recognise and have access to that um, support. Young carers also often talk about how helpful it is to connect with other people um, that have similar experiences. So we know that that peer support element is really important. So having those opportunities for young carers to connect with other young carers is really, really important. It means, you know, those young people feel that they're not alone, um, that there's other kids like them doing similar things uh, and that they can share their own strategies, support each other. Um, and when we've run um, different groups and programs and things for young carers, we've brought, you know, often we've brought together young carers from, you know, different locations and, you know, even sort of different caring experiences. But when you get them all together, the way that they connect immediately on, you know, the similarities between what they're doing and because they are in that caring um, role, you know, they just, they always develop, you know, lifelong kind of, you know, friendships and connections and continue that connection well past um, even whatever that particular event or program might have been. Uh, so I think it's, it's, it's shown and evidence shows and the research shows that peer support is really, really important and a great support and a great practical support for young people. Thanks for joining me today for the Power of Showing Up podcast brought to you by Ray's Foundation, the experts in youth mentoring. Want to hear more about Youth Matters? Then subscribe today so you are always up to date with our latest episodes. If you like this episode, then feel free to share it with a friend or leave us a review. We'll see you in the next episode.